Welcome to Poptopia. Welcome to Poptopia, your podcast for all things pop culture. I'm your host, Paul French, and it is Friday, November 3rd, 2006. And on today's show, United Artists cruises back to the top, kidnapped, loses the ransom, and the battle for the digital domain rages on. So I guess off the top, we'll start with the uh, with the Tom Cruise story. Uh, a few weeks ago, we talked about how uh, um, Sumner Redstone had unceremoniously severed ties between Paramount and Tom Cruise, and that also included his producing partner Paula Wagner. And uh, so it's only a few months after, and uh, and Cruise has basically decided they're going to bring back another Hollywood label that was founded in the spirit of giving artists freedom to create without big studios pulling the strings. And uh, you need to think back to uh, when the original United Artists was formed, and it was formed by Charlie Chaplin, Mary Pickford, D.W. Griffith, and Douglas Fairbanks. So... Um, what they've done is Cruz and Wagner have got together with some MGM executives, and uh, they're pulling this back together. Um, Paula Wagner is actually going to be in charge. She's going to be the chief executive, and Cruz will have full control over the uh, the film slate at United Artists. Uh, and it's expected to be about four films a year starting off. And uh, um, and they basically uh, MGM will also be part owners of uh, United Artists along with Cruz and Wagner, and are able to make anything from 100 million dollar action flicks right down to lower budget films. And Cruz is free to pick and choose among films at rival studios as well. Uh, Wagner is said to view it as an opportunity to take a brand that is classic and bring it into the present. It has such an illustrious past, she goes on to say, and we have a tradition to respect and uphold and at the same time help and nurture this brand to evolve into something for the future. They had been work, uh, working with Paramount for 14 years before they got cut loose and... Um, so this is kind of a big thing. And, uh, and, and although it remains to be seen... Cruz could really end up landing on his feet with this one. Um, it should be very interesting to see how it pans out. Of course, uh, his his box office has been slipping, but you know what? Box office in general has been slipping, and uh, you know it's harder and harder for some of the uh, the stars of yore to uh, to open uh, big at the at the box office. Uh, just an interesting thing to look at with the uh, early the original United Artists. Some of their early uh, releases included some Chaplin classics like The Gold Rush, City Lights, and Modern Times. Uh, D.W. Griffith's 1924 epic America, and of course the Three Musketeers, starring Douglas Fairbanks uh, and Robin Hood. So all kinds of stuff going on there. So it should be very interesting. Um, and here's here's something interesting uh, as well. The last United Artists movie that Cruz appeared in was Rain Man. And, um, you know, that was certainly one of, uh, one of Cruz's better films. Although some people have said that it's like one of the worst films of the 80s. I don't know. I'm not sure I'd, I agree with that, but hey, that's the way it is. So speaking of artists trying to get a fair shake, in Hollywood's rush to offer programs on the web, iPods and cell phones, uh, there um, are some people who are saying, hey, don't leave us behind. And those are the writers and actors who are basically saying, we want a bigger slice of revenues from digital media. The compensation for this kind of media uh, is basically one of the big debates uh, going on. And, you know, when you think about this, uh, imagine with, with a lot of DVDs, you know, there was a problem a few years ago where it was, uh, you know, this show's not going to come out on DVD or it's going to be horribly expensive because it costs so much to get the rights to put the music in. So the original music that was used for the series, all they had negotiated for initially was to have it on 
TV. They hadn't broadcast or hadn't negotiated for rights to have it in uh, in future media, such as uh, on home video or on DVD. Part of it was that that market simply wasn't there, and uh, and so it made it a little bit more difficult. And of course, when you've got them saying, "Okay, we want to get the rights to this," and it's, "Well, you need this," so maybe I'm going to hold out for a little more money. And in some cases that didn't work out so well, you know, witness the uh, Roswell box sets in which uh, they just said, okay, fine, we're just going to get stuff that's current now and and put that in and um, not worry about getting the old stuff. So they they actually got the original uh, music director and just let's choose new new music. Anyway, but I digress. Um, But these these are going to be the big things that are going on in contract negotiations. Uh, Certainly the Screen Actors Guild is going to be after this stuff and and really looking what the gray area is. What happens is the labor contracts that studios and talent are are operating under basically predate these technologies and, you know, they predate the idea that you can get, um, that now you can get an episode of Lost on the iTunes Music Store if you live in the U.S., Sorry, I had to put that in there. And uh, or you can watch an episode online with some other ads in. So there's additional ad revenue that uh, that the network's bringing in if you live in the U.S. And uh, so there's a whole lot of this stuff going on. Now, a lot of the writers' contracts expire in 2007, and uh, the actors' and directors' contracts expire in 2008. So the studios are saying it's a little too soon to look at new formulas for these ventures because it's very uncharted ground. They don't know what the revenue is going to be like from it. So it's kind of hard to say, to predict costs against that revenue uh, without really knowing sort of where it's going to go and how how big it's going to break. And, you know, if it's going to go international, that's a hint, Apple. Start negotiating with international studios. I'm just saying. So really, a lot of the writers are saying, you know, we need to be compensated. Um, you know, the networks are already um, getting uh, revenue from these things. And so there needs to be something done about this current revenue that's already happening. And, you know, why aren't we getting a part of this? Uh, even even looking at the uh, ad-supported NBC Rewind uh, video player, uh, this is a big thing. You know, and, and you get ABC doing a lot of the two-minute replays and that kind of thing. They're all showing ads with these things. And you know that someone's paying for those ads. Let's face it. They're not uh, promoting this thing at the end of the TV show and then... Um, you know, oh, yeah, we'll give you a free ad. Come on, seriously. So studios are actually supporting the uh, pay formula that was established for home videos when you look at things like movies or shows down- sold or downloaded through services like iTunes. And uh, what they're saying is... is you know that was a pay formula that was sort of done for this. You know you get so much for uh, for each each unit that's sold, and uh, but actors and writers want the higher rates that are earned under formulas for things like pay-per-view TV because they're saying this is more akin to that. This is more of an on-demand thing uh, where we can get this. Um, so I can and I can see that with the streaming, but with the with the download, you know, basically I've purchased that and it's like purchasing the DVD. So it should be very interesting. Under the home video formula, though, studios or distributors keep about eighty cents of every wholesale dollar and the remaining 20 cents is split between the talent and the producer or studio um and writers and actors are complaining they're underpaid under that formula and you know 
That's uh, that's as may be. I always say, when you negotiate a contract in good faith, if you sign on that line, you've accepted that that's what it is. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how easy it is to get them to accept things for what they are uh, when the contracts expire in 2007 and 2008. And uh, could we be headed for another writer's strike? Should be interesting. Okay, uh, what else is going on? Speaking of online delivery of TV shows, Kidnapped. I mentioned that I was enjoying this show. This was the one with uh, Jeremy Sisto and Delroy Lindo, Timothy Hutton and Dana Delaney. Uh, got pretty good reviews, great cast. Just didn't do well. Didn't do well at all. Um, and when you look at it, there was a whole lot of new serialized dramas on, on the network TV this fall. Um, and of those, only a few are doing well. Uh, Heroes on NBC has really broken out uh, pretty big. Uh, Jericho's doing okay, and uh, there's a couple of other shows which are on ABC, which is Ugly Betty and Brothers and Sisters. Aside from that, a lot of them have, have gone by the wayside. You look at Smith, you look at... Uh, um, what was that other one? Runaway. Uh, that was another one. You know, they've just they've just gone. Anyway, so Kidnapped got pulled from Tuesdays and got... or. Wednesday nights, I believe it was, and got moved to Saturdays. And I watched a couple of episodes on Saturday and, uh, you know, was trying to keep up with it. But looks like even that's done. They are pulling the schedule. They're pulling Kidnap from the schedule permanently. And uh, so it's just yet another in the list of failed serialized dramas in the 2006-2007 season. It's going to be interesting to see what happens next year to see what the direction that people take is. Because remember, after Lost Broke Big, we saw a lot of that stuff. Um, are we going to see a lot of serialized dramas? Because one has done really well, and that's he- that's Heroes. But there's a lot more that haven't done well. And uh, so could be very interesting to see how, how that all shakes out. Uh, but Kidnapped was averaging under 7 million viewers a week in its Wednesday time slot. And so NBC said we're going to cap it at 13 episodes and give the writers a chance to resolve the story. And uh, But they can do that on Saturday nights. And when it moved to Saturday nights, naturally, I mean, it's a lower-viewed night anyway. That's why most of the networks just air reruns. Uh, but it dropped down to about 4 million uh, uh, viewers. And so, you know, eight, adults 18 to 49, not so much. So, that one's gone as well. So we've got um, Smith, we've got Runaway is confirmed cancellations, and it's looking like 20 Good Years is also gone. It was a terrible, terrible show. Good Lord, I can't believe. Uh, they must have backed a big truck back into uh, into Lithgow and Tambor's uh, garages. Big, big truck. So what's going to go on uh, in the place of Kidnapped? It's going to be repeats of Law & Order Criminal Intent. <laughs> see? See what I mean? Um, but... For those of you who are following the story and want to know what happens, you will be able to watch the remaining kidnapped episodes online. So they are still producing them. They are still going to put them out. It's just that you're going to have to watch them online. Now, this will be interesting because now that there is no distributor for these shows, will they take off the digital distance barrier? Will they allow international viewers to watch these shows? You know, wherever uh, wherever those viewers may be, because now you're talking about a show that has been taken off the air, so any of those contracts are null and void, and the only person who has the rights to broadcast it is NBC. 
and they've decided that the way they're going to do that is online. And this harkens back to something I was talking about when we were doing the network upfronts that uh, that that's what you know how are we going to resolve these things and maybe online delivery is the way. Looks like they're doing that, which is great, but it's just a matter of are you going to be able to take care of all of the show's fans? Um, you know, because admittedly it's a minority, um, but you know. If you want people to tune in for your next show, maybe that's what you got to do. So it's coming up in the uh, theaters uh, this weekend. It's a pretty mixed bag. Um, first off, we have uh, Volver, uh, a Pedro Almodovar movie starring Penelope Cruz. And this is a, a newer one. Um, well, obviously it's new, but, uh, you know, it's kind of his new style. So it should be very interesting to sort of see how this goes out. Uh, a lot of people are, are – there's already buzz for this being best foreign language film um, Oscar. Uh, so it will be interesting to see if that happens. Uh, next up, Michael Lembeck directing Tim Allen in The Santa Claus 3, The Escape Clause. can't believe they're still making these things. Holy cow. The, yes, The Santa Claus 3, the movie that was so good you needed to have not one, no – two sequels speaking of movies that maybe didn't need to happen borat cultural learnings of america for make benefit glorious nation of kazakhstan i'm finding the whole borat thing pretty annoying i gotta admit um directed by larry charles uh who was a writer producer for uh seinfeld and uh but this you know sasha baron cohen i i wasn't a fan of ali g and I only find this character marginally less obnoxious than Ali G. So I, I, I know I've got no interest in it, but I bet a lot of people do, and I'll bet this is going to do absolutely huge business. Um, and, hey, power to them, power to them. Uh, apparently Universal is so pleased about how this is looking and how this is going to start, although it did get trimmed back from about 2,000 screens to 800, but that number is expected to go up in the second week. However, Universal is already putting out about $40 million for Cohen's next film, which is going to be a comedy centered on his character Bruno, a gay Austrian fashionista, which uh, they are going to start filming next summer. Also opening uh, is Flushed Away. Uh, this is a collaboration between Ardman Animations, which is the studio behind Wallace and Gromit, and uh, the folks who did um, Shrek. And so it's coming out by, by uh, DreamWorks. So it's going to be the first CGI film from Ardman Animations, and uh, looks kind of fun. It looks kind of fun. And uh, But, you know, it's very, very British uh, film, you know, and although... Wallace and Gromit did really well. I think it's because they're really well-known characters. There's a lot of people are saying that this one's probably going to be sort of in that same area as as Valiant, which isn't good. Anyway, well, let's face it. Uh, number one at the box office these days is Saw Three. You know, speaking of movies, so good they needed not one but two sequels. And sarcasm. Uh, anyway, that's all the time we got for today. Comments, as always, are welcome at poptopiapodcast at gmail.com. Over on our site at www.paulfrench.ca slash poptopia, there is a listener survey. We'd love to learn more about you. If you get a chance to send us an audio comment, send it on over. I'd love to play it on the show. Have a great weekend.